It just listed all the possible solutions to my problem. Great. I feel stupid. I'm going to need emotional cleansing for fresh wounds. Source. Inconsiderate boyfriend. How often do you want no more than a listening ear, but you end up getting a hotshot problem solver who thinks he's saving your day? In this episode, I touch on how to address unexpressed feelings and their importance in writing, as well as how they play out in our day-to-day lives. I didn't realize how often this happens until talking to other people, particularly women. I've heard it labeled as a guy thing. I would like to resonate with victims of this, yes, very stereotypical term, and others by showing you how to disown it. No, trust me, it's much less attractive than it sounds. Having been many times guilty of being in the unneeded problem-solving mode, and having progressed on being more attentive to the signs of when to start shutting up, I'm going to promote a more positive light on embracing our own feelings and hope to make some of us less repelled candidates for someone to talk to. Let's check out this very generic A and B scenario. Context. A just wants to rant to B. B thinks she wants help. A. I can't believe to really hate. Sometimes I feel like just needs to You feel me? B. Wait, so you're saying that the events happen in this order? should do. You're missing my point. You seem upset. At me? I think? Why do you always... Cats and dogs lay fight all day and all through the night. They bark and scratch and play some catch. That's the life they live. Let's echo the inner voice of character B. She's pretty flustered. Must really need my help. I got yelled at for not being a good listener last time. But this time, she's got all of my focus. Promise. Although, this time isn't too different from last time. What was the lesson I learned from our last argument? Okay, she, she's now fumbling with her words. Didn't catch any of that. Better ask to clarify. Yikes. Was her reply a little snappy or was it just me? Let me give her my best set of suggestions. She's probably just frustrated I haven't provided any. Yeah, that actually didn't do what I thought it would. She's definitely upset at me. Oh boy, there's the always again. Let's echo the inner voice of character A. I am so frustrated right now, but talking about this really lets me relieve the stress. Wait, why does the exact order of events matter? Doesn't he see that I'm clearly in the right? There he goes again, asking as if I could have gotten all of this wrong or I was at fault. I shouldn't have brought it up with him. Great, he's giving me suggestions, like I couldn't have come up with them myself. I wasn't here to ask for help. I just wanted to bring it, to let the emotions run its course. 
course I'm upset. Oh, now I'm feeling stupid and I hate feeling this way. But he's talking to me like I'm the inferior one of the two of us. Oh, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. How I hate that I'm tripping up. Character A portrayed an example of someone whose unexpressed feelings leaked into a conversation. Douglas Stone, author of Difficult Conversations, lecturer over at Harvard Law School and partner of a consulting firm, dedicates a section of his book on unexpressed feelings. Yes, let's briefly acknowledge that there is a legit book on how to tackle a range of difficult conversations. And as gritty and awkward this topic can be, underrated and necessary are the exact reasons why this needs to be talked about. Douglas says that unexpressed feelings can have three consequences leak and burst into a conversation, and lead to poor listening. Douglas says that when emotions are not addressed, they surface in some form, whether it's in tone of voice, body language, or facial expression. The tone of voice could be sarcastic, aggressive, impatient, or defensive. Studies have shown that most people can tell when you're withholding your feelings, that tension, visible or not, is present. Lastly, we can't be a good listener if the listener doesn't feel like they themselves have been heard. We can't fully be present for the other person when we're too busy evaluating our own feelings. I've definitely been both character A and B. One way I've tackled the situation in character A's shoes, the one who just wanted to rant, is that when calmer, I follow up with something along these lines. Look, I'm not looking to be rescued. Most of the time, I just you know, let my feelings talk. You're right, that I don't always make sense, but it's because I'm not in the best state of mind to talk talk. So give me the space to get there, which sort of means all you need to do is be a bobblehead for maybe the next hour because any hint of disagreement will likely put you into the pot of soup with all my other problems that I'm still stirring. Now, having been character B, insightfulness sounds something like this. Voice that's in the upper register, an above average amount of hand movements, and pupils the size of grapefruits. All red flags. I had a long period of I haven't written well enough when I was a student and I don't think I write well enough to continue. Yes, I still have my moments of doubt, but the message that's becoming more clear is that confidence really parallels with my writing. With increasing confidence, I filter less because I'm more true to myself. The words come out without too much care for what people will think. As Stephen King says in his memoir, honesty in storytelling makes up for a great many stylistic faults. So I've been worrying less about the technicalities and more about whether I'm writing from a truthful place. Douglas presents three actionable steps for how to handle feelings, which are also very applicable for when I write. 1. Accepting that feelings are normal and natural. 2. Not feeling guilty about having bad feelings. 3. Recognizing that your feelings are of the same importance as everyone else's. He suggests that most people don't cry because they always cry. They cry because they haven't cried enough. Boys and girls, they play together. Then they have a fight. They howl and scowl and laugh together. That's the life they live. I get it. Having feelings, let alone talking about them and acknowledging them, 
doesn't feel great, especially when they're bad. It's counterintuitive to remove the shield that you instinctively built to protect yourself from the elephant in the room just to look at the elephant straight in the eye. Unfortunately, if you don't practice being bold by looking at the elephant first, someone else will, which could cause you to react by keeping your shield even closer to you and, well, when you keep it up, both of you will eventually want to leave the room. From the other side, spotting the elephant in the room helps. It helps even more when you let the other person get to a place where they can acknowledge it themselves. They're not looking for a problem solver. They're looking for someone to justify their feelings. So until they can do that for themselves, listen. I'm Ivana, and I'll be back soon with more adventures from A Writer's Journey. Compromise, so don't capsize. That's the life we are.